Philippians chapter uh, 2, Philippians chapter 2, and then also John chapter 1, and uh, we're going to talk about on Sunday nights just for the next couple of weeks, uh, the doctrine of Christmas, and uh, someone asked me, oh, are you going to go through why we should or shouldn't celebrate Christmas? No, that's not the, the intent of this study. Um, I'm just going to talk about what, what Christmas really means and the, the importance of it. Now, we get the word um, Christmas uh, in, in, um, in two parts. The first part is uh, from the Greek word Christos, which means anointed one. But then also the, the second part, mass. And here in this, uh, in this instance, it's from the word festival, feast, and so it's a celebration of, of the anointed one, right? And, um, and so that, that's really the, the whole point of Christmas is a celebration of Christ. It's his first advent, his first uh, arrival. And, and that's the important part. Look at Philippians chapter 2 and look at verse 5 and we'll read down to verse 8. And there's a, there's a command given us here. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And, and so this, this chapter is an important uh, passage of Scripture where it talks about Christ and how he was made in the likeness of men. Uh, how he, he was being and being found in fashion as a man. And, and as we understand, Christmas is all about Christ. Uh, the reason we celebrate is because He came to earth. Uh, he was born in a lowly manger. And He lived among us to be the perfect sacrifice for you and I. And this simply is about this. It's the incarnation of Christ. Okay, so uh, Christmas which is Christ's first advent, is a celebration of His incarnation. Okay, he became flesh. Uh, look at John chapter 1. And this is a, a, just a familiar passages of Scripture. Look at John chapter 1 and look at the first three verses. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And let's continue, um, uh, continue reading. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth not. And, and, and the whole, uh, the whole uh, point of, of Christmas and the time that he came was he dwelt among us. Uh, the word became flesh. And uh, we understand even in the prophecy of his birth in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, and we, we covered uh, a bit of that this morning, where it says, the Bible says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive him, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. Okay, and Emmanuel, we understand, means God with us. And so the importance of Christmas uh, isn't uh, just a simple celebration of a simple birth. It's God coming in human flesh. And so that's, a, that's an, important, uh, an important doctrine. And, and we're going to discuss that in the next couple of weeks. And so as we celebrate Christmas, you know, we can't neglect the important doctrinal implication of it. And really, this, is, this series is designed to strengthen our faith that way. And, and what we'll do is 
we're going to define some important terms today, and then we're going to just talk about why it's important to talk about Christ. And um, so we're going to define a couple of things here. Firstly, some important terms before we get into the study uh, of the incarnation of Christ, which is really the basis of Christmas, and the name Jesus. And it's, it's, uh, it's a wonderful name, as we heard tonight. We, we have a wonderful Savior, but, but Jesus, the name is a transliteration from the Greek form of the name Joshua. So Joshua means Savior. In Matthew 1.21, and he shall, she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So when we, when we see the name Jesus, um, referring to, to Jesus Christ, we're seeing the, the, really the, the name meaning Savior. And then the word Christ, as we referred to earlier, this, this is a transliterated form of the Greek word Christos, meaning anointed. Right? So when we think of Jesus Christ, we see the Savior who was anointed. He, he was, he was, uh, that's, that's the title given Him. Uh, it's really the Greek equivalent to the Hebrew word for Messiah. And so uh, it's important to just note that. Uh, another two terms that will be important in our study is the word deity. Okay, we hear that the deity of Christ. But that word deity is, is just a theological term that ascribes Godhood. All right? So when we say the deity of Christ, what we're doing is we're referring to the fact that Jesus Christ is God. All right? And then the word incarnation, we've used it a couple of times already, but the word incarnation simply means this, a word meaning um, embody in flesh. Okay, so it refers to the coming of Christ in this world as a man. So it's not reincarnation, it's incarnation, right? Um, he, he's coming in his first advent uh, as, as flesh. And so those are important to, to understand. So tonight, really, we're just going to quickly go through an overview, all right? The, a, a brief overview of the importance of Jesus. And so let's pray, and we'll, we'll get into the, this uh, quick study tonight. Let's pray. Father, thank you, dear God, uh, Lord, for the... the, the Great many reminders again uh, tonight, uh, just the, of the wonder of, of you, the wonder of your name. And we do thank you, dear Lord, as we uh, even pray tonight, that we pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, for, for those of us who are saved, that we called upon Jesus to save us. And Father, it's uh, your, your, name, uh, your son's name, the Lord Jesus, is so precious to us. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Um, help us as we, we lay some groundwork um, into, into the, the study that we're going to have in the next couple of weeks. And I pray that you'd just be honored and pleased in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. So tonight we're going to look at the brief overview of the importance of Jesus. The next couple of weeks uh, we're going to look at the um, just the important doctrine in relation to Jesus. So his incarnation and why that's important. Some false views of incarnation and also the biblical view of incarnation but then also an investigation of, of the evidences available to us in the Scriptures. So some of the Old Testament um, mentions of it, the prophecies, and then the New Testament demonstration of that. And then we're going to make some conclusions, and then we're going to look at some apologetic approaches. Because one of the things that we're going to find, and we'll cover this in this initial study, uh, part of the study, is that one of the main points of attack is, is to attack the person and work of Christ. And, and so even in Christmas, there's... There's a lot of um, misconceptions that as we speak to people, we're going to have to work through, and we're going to have to know the truth about Christ. 
And so, so we're going to see that. So really, why is the study of Christ's incarnation important? The simple fact is this, because Jesus is important. And, um, and, and the key question of the universe is still found in Matthew twenty two forty two, where the Bible says, what think ye of Christ? And, and so how you view Jesus and what you believe about him will greatly affect how you live this life. And uh, there are three basic reasons why it's important to understand Jesus, including his incarnation. And the first one is this, Jesus Christ is really the sum, uh, the sum and substance, the center and essence of biblical Christianity. Um, if, you were to, uh, if you were to study um, other religions, and we've just come from uh, two different places where Buddhism is quite rampant, Hinduism and other things that are false religions. And if you take just a look at, um, at classical Buddhism, um, when you take Buddha from Buddhism, there is still a system of belief. Um, it's, it, 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 all of these religions that we're going to mention here, they all have uh, some things, some systems where if you go through that and achieve it, then you achieve the, the end goal of those religions. Um, if you take, if you take uh, Muhammad from Islam, there is still a system of belief. Uh, if you take Joseph Smith from Mormonism, there is still a system of belief that you can apply. But you think about this. If we take Christ out of Christianity, we have nothing. We have nothing. You know why? Because Christianity is not a system of beliefs. Christianity is a person. Right? It's a person. Uh, we do not become Christians through observation of rules and rights. We can't earn our way to, to heaven. We can't earn our way to that title of Christian. It, it's based on the person of Jesus Christ. When, when you were saved, you didn't go, have to go through a process of earning your, your right to, to, uh, to, be, uh, to be labeled Christian no, you accepted a person, not a system of beliefs. And so where, where it differs is this. Jesus Christ really is, is so important because he really is the sum and substance. Really, he's the center and essence of biblical Christianity. Without him, there is no Christianity. We've got nothing. And, and, and so it's through the person of Jesus Christ. And set, so because of that, if we're wrong on the doctrine of Christ, we really have a false Christianity. Uh, look at Second Second uh, John. So turn to Second John, and notice there with me. So go towards the end of your Bible, Second John, and look at verses nine and eleven. Nine to eleven. Sorry, notice there. It says, "Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God." He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you, and notice how, how much he, this, how important this is, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. That's pretty, that's pretty powerful. That, that's, that's pretty clear cut. He's saying, if you're in error in this, then, then, then he says this, uh, 
and abideth not in doctrine of Christ hath not God. But look how specific it is. Look at 1 John chapter 4. Look at 1 John chapter 4. So turn a, turn a page or two. And, and notice, notice verses 1 and 2. Notice there, actually, let's read down to verse 3. And he says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. And here's how you know, because many false prophets are gone in, out into the world. Here's how you know, hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ, notice this, is come in the flesh. That's the doctrine of incarnation. Is come in the flesh is of God. So the opposite is true. If, if someone doesn't believe in the incarnation of Christ, it's not of God. Um, continuing on, every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, wherever you have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. And there's, a, there's, a, there's many things today that, that, um, that you could read about that is trying to discredit the, the incarnation and the, the, ad, the first advent of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the, that spirit of Antichrist that's in the world. And so it's important because really, um, without Christ, we have no Christianity. We have nothing without Him. And so in, in, in mixed into all of that is, his, uh, is the Bible's teaching about His incarnation. And, and the Bible makes it clear. It's important that, that we try the spirits. And the way we know it is if they confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. That's how we know it's of God. And so it's important, firstly, because Jesus Christ is a sum and substance the center and essence of Bible Christianity. But really, secondly, it's important because Jesus Christ is a central figure of human history. Um, in Colossians 1.18, and He is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence. Not, not that he has, uh, he has a significance, not that he, he is one of the main things, no. The Bible saying that He should have the preeminence. That means he should, it should be all about Him. He, he should not just be, he, there shouldn't be a, a, a daylight second. There, there, he should be so far above everything else that, that, that in all things that we do, it's his, his name and His testimony that needs to be lifted up. That, that's preeminence. And, and Jesus Christ, when it comes to history, He, he really can't be ignored. Even the staunchest of atheists acknowledge him. You know how? Each time they write the date. Because even human history is divided into two parts by the one person, before Christ and after Christ. And so no other person really has influenced the lives of men and women, nations and sovereignty as the Lord Jesus Christ. Kings, queens, scholars, artists, and conquerors have acknowledged the greatness and centrality of Christ in all of history. A preacher by the name of R.G. Lee, he preached a message called Christ Above All. And he said this, Jesus is heaven's bread for earth's hunger. Jesus is heaven's water for earth's thirst. Jesus is heaven's light for earth's guilt. Jesus is heaven's beauty for earth's ugliness. Jesus is heaven's wisdom for earth's folly. Jesus is heaven's peace for earth's strife. 
Jesus is heaven's justification for earth's condemnation. And Jesus is heaven's, uh, heaven's um, solution for earth's damnation. And, and so you understand that Jesus Christ is a central figure of human history. Uh, someone once aptly described Christ and his influence this way. To the artist, he is the one altogether lovely. To the architect, he is the chief cornerstone. To the astronomer, he is the son of righteousness. To the baker, he is the bread of life. To the banker, he is the hidden treasure. To the builder, he is the sure foundation. To the carpenter, he is the door. To the doctor, he is the great physician. To the educator, he is the new and living way. To the farmer, he is the sower and the Lord of harvest. And, and it, throughout all facets of human existence, Christ is a central figure. He's the answer. Jesus Christ, uh, really, because of this, in the third place, the third reason, becomes the primary point of attack for the devil. If you think about the, from the beginning, look at Genesis chapter 3. Look at Genesis chapter 3. And uh, all of this uh, probably isn't new to you. And, and Genesis chapter 3, and uh, look at verse 15. Really, the, one of the first prophetic um, verses in regard to Christ. Uh, here the, the curse is put upon um, man and woman and the, and the, uh, the earth and, and also the serpent. And notice verse 15 in regard to that. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. So right from the beginning, and here it's prophetically speaking about the Lord Jesus. Um, from the beginning, there's been this, uh, this, this attack. The, the, the devil has had enmity uh, between the seed, uh, his, his seed and her seed. And it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. And really the underlying thrust of the devil's attacks on Christianity is directed at the person and work of Christ. And here's why Satan knows the stakes. There can only be one Lord. And yet, his desire has always been to undermine and overcome Christ. Look at Isaiah chapter 14. Look at Isaiah chapter 14. Look at Isaiah chapter 14. Look at verses 12 to 15. So referring to, to his, uh, his name prior to falling, says, How art thou fallen from heaven? And he's saying here, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou cut, cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? And here's why, For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. And, and notice his wording, he, he will ascend above. It says, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. And can I remind you tonight that as we read that and, and recognize the, the, the person of the devil there and his desire to to uh, be above the one true God, that, that we have a defeated foe. That he didn't succeed then and he will never succeed. And yet he still uh, attempted to tempt a Christ. Uh, we understand that part of the temptation of Christ included worshiping the devil. Because the, the Satan knew that the point of attack 
Um, for, for biblical Christianity, the, the primary point of attack is in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And, and so, so we, we must understand then, then that um, as we go out and, and perhaps try to be a witness and, and try to live a, a Christian life, that, uh, that part of the things that we have to guide ourselves with is, is having a right biblical view of the, really the birth and the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that's part of His personhood. That's part of who He is. And, and again, there's going to be a, a lot of uh, things that we're going to cover as far as false views, and we won't take the time tonight. But all I'm saying is, is this, because it's the primary point of attack, knowing the doctrine of Christ will help us recognize and also refute false teaching. And we need to be equipped to do that in a, in a, uh, a post-modern world that, that really has no absolute truth. And we need to be founded and based upon the absolute truth of the Word of God, and especially in the person and work of Jesus Christ. So as we, as we uh, approach the next couple of weeks, uh, I hope that you'd put your mind in gear and, and as we uh, go through Scripture and much of it, um, that, that we'd maybe mark some things down and then, and then um, get ourselves... Um, versed in, in, the, in how we would defend that and um, as we get into the, the Christmas season. All right, so that's it tonight. Just a, a quick overview, a quick introduction. And then next week, we'll, we'll look through an impo- uh, this doctrine in relation to Jesus. We'll look through some false views and then the biblical view of incarnation and then probably start on, um, on in regard to the existence of Christ uh, prior to his incarnation. All right, so let's pray and then uh, we can be dismissed. Father in heaven, thank you again, Lord, for just the, the opportunity that we have, Lord, to be able to study about you. Um, thank you, Lord, for the, the fact that we have a, a perfect word to be able to glean from. And, and Father, as we head into our, uh, Lord, our, our weeks and we uh, perhaps encounter those who have a question about you, Lord, may we just have a, an answer ready from your word. And I pray that you'd help us, Lord, even um, as we head into the week, to just focus on the importance of you. Recognize how central you are to our faith and, and really recognize that without you, not only can we do nothing, we have nothing. And so I pray that you'd help us to just have you preeminent as we head into the week. And we pray and ask these things in Christ's most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. All right, let's uh, stand.